hello and thank you for tuning in to the More Doors podcast, where we bring you information and tips on how to grow your wealth through real estate investment. So today our topic is going to be how to choose the best tenants for rental properties and the reasons why this is one of the most important things a landlord can do. Um, so I think we'll get into this a lot more as we talk about the different aspects of what we're looking for, but it's really important to choose your tenants well because a trouble tenant can lose you money, it can tie up your property, it can cause damage to your property, which again will cost you money and time because those repairs will have to be made and you won't be able to rent it out while they're gone. If they end up being squatters, they might stick in your house for an extra two to six months, depending on the state you live in, while you're waiting to try to kick them out. So it's so important that you pick the right tenant because it can take your dream of financial independence and just turn it right around and turn it into a money pit that just costs you money every every month of your life until you can resolve the situation. So that said, let's talk about the things you want to do to find the right tenant. First of all, you need to make sure that you follow the law. Discrimination is illegal and you cannot base any decision for choosing your tenant on race, color, national origin, religion, gender, familial status, disability, none of these matter um, when you're trying to choose your tenant. It is absolutely and unequivocally illegal to make a determination based on any of those characteristics. However, there are many characteristics in which you should and can use to determine eligibility. I mean, this has to do with, you know, their income, their credit, all of this. So let's talk about all these in specific. So you definitely want to choose someone with good credit. Um, I think a good number to use if you're doing... So bottom line, you are doing a credit check and background check on every tenant that you screen. Um, before you let them sign a lease for your property. Uh, so when you do that credit check, you can use companies like uh, Cozy.com, several others. You can do a Google search. Um, there's lots of different ways you can get them done. Usually you can set it up so that the tenant will pay by credit card uh, directly to the site. That's what I use, Cozy.com, um, C-O-S-Y. I'm not a paid um, promoter. I just use that myself. And you can do a credit and background check. The tenant, prospective tenant, will pay for it. You'll never see that money. They'll know that you're not upcharging them just to take money and not even spend it on a credit check. Um, and then they'll get a copy of it as well as you. So they'll know what their credit is and their background check. And, you know, that's a nice thing for them to have. So the minimum score I would suggest 
And I'm not saying that you can't make decisions yourself based on your current situation, how nice the place is, etc. But I'd say you're much more likely to have a tenant that won't give you issues when they have a credit score that is above 650. And there's a lot of things that go into a credit score. We did a whole video about it uh, last week. Sorry, a recording about it last week. And um, some things that affect credit might be worth looking into, you know, un being understanding. Like, let's say they had a divorce and it kind of ruined their credit because something that their spouse did and they can show you that even though their credit is bad, um, it has nothing to do with their own, um, bills and past, but there's things on their credit report that won't go away. Now, you gotta be careful. Some people might try to scam you and give you sob stories that aren't really based in fact. And if you want to be as safe as possible, just stick with what the numbers are. But I'm... I try to be an understanding and uh, empathic landlord. It's not one of my best qualities. <laughs> but um, the bottom line is you definitely want to ideally have someone with a credit score that is at least 650. Um, and that will be optimal. I mean, I've done less many times, but I've also been burned. Um in my past, and I think I'm a lot more strict now that I've kind of learned from my mistakes. You're also going to want to verify their income. You, The rule of thumb is you don't want someone to be renting your place if they don't make at least three times the monthly rent, um, and that's take-home. Uh, so you want to ask for their pay stubs, you can call their employer directly. Uh, you should have a good application. You can Google it. Uh, you can also email me and I can provide um, a good example lease or, or lease application for prospective tenants if you can't find one yourself. Um, and you can email us at the more doors podcast dot, uh, excuse me, more doors podcast at gmail.com. So you want to verify their income. They should be making three times the monthly rent. Um, and that is a pretty important number, that, that value of the income. So if someone's only making half, you know, they make double the rent in a month. Let's, and they have kids. And I mean, even if they don't, they have their own bills. Things can go wrong and do go wrong. I mean, even in my um, tenants that I have now, the ones that are good tenants often end up paying me late, uh, even though they pay me every month before the end of the month. And it's just because, you know, things come up and you, you are much less likely to get into that situation if you find someone who is making at least three times the monthly rent. And you need copies of their pay stubs. You can call their, their employers if you want to um, get at least two pay stubs so that they don't, you can see that they either have like a salary or what their week to week looks like. And, um, you know, that income is very important. You also want to perform a criminal background check. This is mostly to make sure that they've never been evicted because that will come up in a criminal background check, usually. Um, 
And of course, if you know they've got more serious things on their record, it will be up to you to decide whether or not you want someone who has, I don't know, uh, a history of drugs or, um, or maybe just, you know, or maybe they've just got a lot of speeding tickets. That can happen too. I mean, some things are minor, some things are major. Everything comes up on a background check. You can also ask them for their rental history. You want to ask where they were previously to when they moved in with you. You absolutely want to call their previous landlord and find out what kinds of tenants they were. They were. Someone can look pretty good on paper, and then you call the tenant, uh, you call the previous landlord, and you find out all types of things you never would have expected. And it can save you some heartache if you make this call. I, I know many people. In the past, when I was a young landlord, um, I didn't do these checks, and I, I'll tell you a little bit about it uh, later on in this in this recording, but I have been burned. I've lost thousands of dollars uh, over the years, mostly in the first few years I was a landlord. So you also want to choose a tenant who's stable. What I mean by that is you want to know how long they've been at their previous job. You want to see that they haven't been moving, you know, every two months they have a new job and the place where they work now, they've only been there a few weeks. I mean, um, if someone is moving jobs every couple of months, this is a red flag that they're not going to be able to reliably uh, have enough income to pay the rent. And you definitely don't want to take a chance on that. So you want someone who's been working at the same place or at least in the same career for uh, many, many, many months. I mean, I would say it would be great for someone to be working at the same place for the last two years. Um, and if they haven't been working at the same place for the last two years, find out where they were working previously going back two years to find out how much they have been skipping around. Um now, uh, just, you know, state and local laws, you don't want more than two people per bedroom, uh, generally, because you just don't want to end up in a situation where you've, you are violating housing codes and things like that, then you could get in trouble as a landlord. Um, so those are the main issues that come up when you want to screen your tenants, the main things to think about. But, you know, you can really get burned. I think I've had two real trouble tenants. I've had, I mean, every once in a while I'll get a tenant that leaves some, some mess that I have to clean up or uh, has damaged some of the the paint down the walls and we have to repaint. I mean, that's kind of normal stuff and you can take that out of deposit. But there were two instances where I chose a tenant that just worked out so badly. Um, the first one was in my one of my houses in Michigan. Um, he had a credit score of around, I don't know, it might have been like five... 2530. Um, so I mean, there are worse scores, but that's not that's not very good. And this was one of the first people 
I ever had in that house. It was the second tenant, technically. I had one tenant that came the first time and then one that came the second time. Uh, sorry, I had one tenant before that person. And they basically... They cost me a little bit of money in unpaid rent, but the real trouble was how unreliable they were, how behind they always were. And then I found out that they had been like committing crimes around town. Um, I, my, my handyman, I was living in Chicago at the time, and my handyman um, told me through the grapevine that, you know, the neighbors were telling him that these tenants had been seen like, you know, bringing just all types of things uh, to the house and storing them outside in the yard. It's a, it's a big property, three and a half acres. So they, and they'd bring like, there was one like motorized, not quite a moped, kind of like a motorized bicycle, um, somewhere between a motorized bicycle and a moped. It was a very interesting contraption. I'd never seen one before. After they moved out, they had left it there. And actually these people, when they moved out, they stole my, I had, Rented it as a furnished apartment. That's another thing I should have talked about. If you plan on ever using furniture again in your life, just put it in storage. Don't ever rent out a rented apartment and expect that that furniture is going to stay in good shape. Um, and if you do, just keep have a high deductible so that when that furniture gets damaged and cannot be used in the future you will be able to reimburse yourself. Um, so they just, basically, it was a furnished house when they moved in, and when they moved out, it was not. They either, they stole a 42-inch flat-screen TV, they destroyed a couch and a loveseat combination, like, their dog just ripped it apart. I mean, they had blankets covering it, so that when they left, it was just, it was, uh just torn apart. I mean, it was, I just had to throw it out. And, um, they stole a, uh, a memory foam bed. So I'm going on, I could talk about them for a long time. All in all, they probably cost me, I don't know, $4,000 between unpaid rent and things they damaged. Um, and they were just a big headache the entire time they were there. I, um, I had to threaten them with eviction, I think two or three times. Um, and they, you know, would give me a little bit of money, but it, it, I mean, up until they moved out, they never were current. It was real tough. Another time there was a girl who, this is one of these people who she had two different jobs on her resume, uh, on her application. And I said, Oh, that's great. She's got two jobs. The income from each was pretty good. She had pay stubs. Um, but I didn't look at how long, I mean, she had told me, oh, I just started this new place. And at the time, I didn't know that was a red flag that she'd just started at a new place. But um, since she had two jobs, I didn't ask where she'd been working previously. She was a single mom, which, I mean, that's not a problem. Uh, but you you need to understand that someone working two jobs with three kids is... Um, going to have a lot more going on in their life than someone who um, has been in the same job working for a long, long time. And it just was the, the instability 
so she um, basically got fired from one of the jobs right after she moved in. And then she only had one job. And then, I don't know, she, she I don't know where she ended up working after the first few months. She might have even been unemployed for a while. Um, this woman who rented our, my, uh, this was the first property I ever built, uh, bought specifically to be a rental property. I mean, my first home in Michigan, I moved to Chicago and rented it out. So it was almost like a kind of house hack ish situation where I had lived there. And then, um, and then the first place I ever bought after we bought a place in Chicago and we'd been living there for a little while, we said, okay, let's buy a rental property. And it was the first one. I put maybe five grand of repairs into it. I did it myself. I basically lived there for a month or two while um, doing that. After I bought it, I had a lot of pride in that place. And, and she didn't destroy it. So that's nice. She didn't do any damage. But after she moved in, literally from the first month after she moved in, she wasn't paying. And I have to be honest. I hope none of my tenants are listening. I am such a softy. So I just gave her chance after chance after chance. And at the end of that year, I had literally been paid half of the rent that I was going to get for that property. Um, so it was, you know, a $1,300 rent. Let's say it's something like $8,000 was over five years ago. So I can't remember all the details, but, um, it was something like $8,000 that I lost. Uh, and it was because I didn't bite the bullet and evict her when right from the beginning it was clear she wasn't going to be a good tenant. She wasn't paying. Um, so she didn't pay the first month after she'd lived there for a month. She didn't pay that rent. And then she gave me like half of the rent for the next month. I don't remember all the details because it was so long ago, but... It was just like, here's a couple hundred, here's a couple hundred. And it was at one point I actually, she told me she couldn't pay because she didn't have, um, her car because it was in the shop or something. So I literally, cause it was about 40 minutes from where I worked. I drove there, drove her to the bank and got some money from her. And, uh, you know, you shouldn't have to do that. So that was another lesson that I learned is that you need to evict people. And if you don't have the stomach to evict people because you're a big softy like me, you need to pick the right people from the beginning. Another way to do this is to hire a property manager. You're going to lose about 10% of your rental income as a service, but that goes from taking a... Being a landlord, yes, it doesn't require a lot of work. I mean, on average, I probably spend about maybe two hours a month being a landlord, <clears throat> having to, I mean, sometimes you might have to deal with something that takes a few hours or there's a big problem you need to make calls. But I mean, there are months that go by where everything's smooth and money just comes in. I don't have to think about anything. But when you have to show properties yourself and get people to sign the lease, all of that, I mean, that takes time and effort. Um... Hiring a management company takes being a landlord from a very, very minor part-time job that takes very little time out of your life altogether, but maybe adds a disproportionate amount of stress. And it takes that 
and turns it into a completely passive investment. And for many people, and myself increasingly as time goes on, it's worth that extra money that you pay. So that would be my final piece of advice. If you're not if you want to get into real estate, but you don't want to deal with the stress of being a landlord, just hire a management company, you know, do your research, find a good one, but they'll make everything so seamless. They'll send you a check every month. Most of the time you won't hear from them unless there's something that needs to be repaired or something like that. And they'll do it. They just need to let you know and let you know it's going to come out of the rent, etc. So um, with that, I hope this has been helpful. And I hope you guys can tune in again next Monday. Thank you all so much for listening. And we'll see you next week on the More Doors podcast.